1: Hi everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi everyone. Well Mara, hot on the heels of Ingo Rademacher's exit from General Hospital comes word that his co-star Steve Burton, who plays Jason, is out too because there's a vaccination mandate and he isn't vaccinated. Needless to say, it is a huge loss for the show. Jason is a big story driver and was just embarking on what I felt was a terrific romance with Britt, so his absence will be felt for sure. But the door is open for a return, so we're going to have to see how everything unfolds.
0: Yeah, it's never a good time to lose a veteran player like Steve, uh, but I think we're going to see the show have to pivot because... Not only was the character of Jason seemingly on the precipice of a possible reunion with Britt, as you mentioned, but his twin, Drew, has just come back uh, from the dead, and of course it certainly seemed like the feelings between him and Carly that had resurfaced when Sonny was presumed dead weren't necessarily going to be that easy to bury again. So Steve was just about a month shy of marking the 30th anniversary of his GH debut and there's just so much history with that character. But I have to say that my heart goes out in particular to the JSAM sam fans. It didn't seem like Sam and Jason were going to get back together anytime soon. And this is certainly like not to knock what's unfolding between Sam and Dante. Uh, but as, as long as uh, both Jason and Sam were in Port Charles, that possibility was there. And now it feels out of reach in a bigger, more real way. From my own viewing experience, I know what it is like to hold out hope that your favorite couple will get back together, even when it seems like a show is taking them in different directions. And I know how uh, kind of heartbreaking it is when one half of that duo leaves the show and you don't get that happy ending or that payoff. Uh, But as you mentioned, we don't know what the future will hold. Steve left once before in 2012 in what felt like a permanent way. And I think as seasoned soap fans, we know never to say never. Here, here, and I
1: certainly hope we will see him back soon. Now there's a lot going on over at Days of Our Lives in the week ahead. So after Marlena was outed as the devil during Thanksgiving dinner by Doug, uh, she's gonna head over to an unwitting Ben and Sierra and persuade them to leave town with her. Uh, we're also gonna see Sammy plot her escape, so look for her to come roaring back to Salem. Um, And for fans of the Backstreet Boys, AJ McLean will make an appearance in scenes with new partners in crime, Gwen and Ava, so be sure to check that out. Uh, It's so adorable. His grandmother is a huge Days fan, so I just love that he is going to be on the show. Uh, And in other news, after the success of Beyond Salem, Peacock has ordered a holiday movie from Days, so it will be a very Salem Christmas. We know for sure that Chandler Massey's Will will be in it, as well as Eileen Davidson, who made a surprise return as Kristen on screen in the past week. And I can also say there will be plenty of other surprises, so it is a definite tune-in.
0: What a treat. You know, I I am really so happy for Days fans that they are being treated to all of this fun bonus content. And I think it's, you know, amazing that the show is getting so much exposure in this new forum, Peacock. I think soaps are... Just a perfect fit for streaming, you know. I I know this particular special is a one-off, but streaming is just made for binge watching. And instead of tuning in tomorrow with the press of a button, streaming makes it possible to skip the tomorrow part and just tune in for the next installment. I know we've lamented uh, before on the podcast how the streaming versions of All My Children and One Life to Live, which were uh, produced in 2013 were kind of before their time. you know. It was before streaming really caught fire as a means of viewing. But I do hope to have some downtime soon that will enable me to watch those shows as well now that they are streaming on Apple TV. As you know, I am a Todd and Blair super fan from One Life, and I feel like the new episodes of the streaming One Life were released at like three in the morning or something, and I would be lying if I told you that I didn't set an alarm to wake up early so that I could watch the episodes of their reunion stream at like the crack of dawn before I went into the office. But uh, anyway, it's really exciting, I think, to see a platform like Peacock embrace days the way that it has, and I'd love to start a new holiday tradition of Salem-centric holiday movies. Well, who wouldn't?
1: Um, But, you know, I would also love to revisit the All My Children and One Life reboots. Like, I want to see them now with a fresh eye because Mm -hmm. I really remember liking them both, and I remember loving the One Life streaming version. And I just can't believe it's been eight years since all of that happened. Craziness. Well, I also love when a character moves off the back burner and gets some storyline love, and our guest today, for sure falls into that category. It's Jennifer Garais, who has played Bold and Beautiful's Donna since 2006, but is really doing some standout work with her current story. So let's get her on the line and see how it's all going. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm
2: great, and yourself? Thanks for having me on.
1: Oh my gosh, we're so excited to talk to you. And you've never been on the podcast, so we are both thrilled to
2: learn more about you today. Well, thank you. I actually think this could be my first podcast, so I don't know what to
1: expect. <laughs> okay, well,
2: we'll we'll go easy on you. <laughs>
1: okay,
2: good, good, I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> well, let's start with you were born in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and tell us about growing up there.
2: Well, actually, I was born in, uh, I grew up in Lancaster. I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, Okay. and uh, very soon after that, I moved to Germany because my father was a doctor in the Army. And um, German was my first language, believe it or not. So then, when I moved to two years, we were in Germany. Then when I moved to Lancaster, it was pretty tough because nobody understood me. <laughs> when I went to school, I was saying "Ich bin Jennifer Jenny Line." My Jen, my name was Jenny Line. Uh, Line means little in German, and um, the kids were like just didn't understand me. And one day I went home and I told my mom, nobody understands me. I was so upset. I was crying and I was like, don't ever speak German to me again. So I guess it was tough for a minute because nobody, I couldn't communicate. But then quickly I learned English and, um, and then, uh, Lancaster was a great place to grow up. It really was. It's a really, um, it's Amish country. If you know the Amish Mm -hmm. Uh, Mennonite, Amish, Quaker, a lot of them there and uh, it's just a really simple life not simple life, Paris Hilton simple life (laughs) but it's a simple life of um, family things things that are supposed to be important were important there family, education, really good upbringing it was just really amazing, amazing place to live it really was
1: well, I actually just visited there for the first time
2: two months ago, and I <sighs> couldn't agree more. It was so beautiful. Did you go onto any farms at, by chance? You did? That's did. wonderful. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. And just yeah, great, great, great to see that part of the country as well. Yeah. Um, I, when I go back there, I take my children when I go back. And um, we go down to the, bar, the farm, and um, horse and buggy bring up the corn. And, you know, the Amish make all the pies. They have these great blueberry pies that we get and bring back home. So it's really, a, it is definitely a sight to see when, especially coming from Los Angeles, my kiddos here, knowing this LA Hollywood life and then going to Lancaster is just like, wow, we could slow down. And, you know. <laughs> it's just really, really amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: You had me at pie. Um,
2: What what kind of kid were you? Jeez. You know, it's funny. I was really shy. Um, My sister was just a year and three months older than me. And um, she spoke for me. Well, think about it. I spoke mostly German. So it was difficult for me to communicate at first when I moved to America. And... um, People would say, "What's your name, little girl?" And she'd be like, "Her name's Jenny." I'm Becky. I'm Becky. And she would just take over. And I was so shy. I'd put my head down. I'd put my lips out. Like my mom thought everyone was going to make fun of me because of my big lips. But now they're in. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I just was quiet. I was really quiet. I don't know. I don't know how I ever became an actress. Quite honestly, it's kind of ironic. <laughs> is. In you fact, know. I wasn't even allowed to watch soap operas. My mother and my father were so strict with TV, I had to do like an, two hours of studying for, any, uh, for an hour of, uh, of TV. And I certainly was not allowed to watch soap operas because there was kissing. I mean, the only type of thing I was allowed to watch was Sound of Music or <laughs> you know, Mary Poppins or something like that. Wholesome <laughs> some fair. Yeah, Wizard of Oz, you know, I mean, I watched those things a a ton of times because that's the only option I had. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: Well, you were a star athlete as a swimmer, and on the academic front, you excelled in mathematics. So where did your interest in performing stem from?
2: It's kind of bizarre. Uh, Yeah, I never, I never even did any school plays. I was always, my head was always under the water, literally, (laughs) swimming. And, um, I was really hardcore about with swimming from five years old to 21 years old. So it didn't leave a lot of time to explore other things. I mean, I was a cheerleader and I did track, so I did a lot of sports, um, but it didn't leave time to do any kind of theater. Um, I suppose what happened was I graduated from, well, I actually hadn't even graduated yet. I, let me reverse. I, I, um. In a summer, there was a summer in between my, I do believe my junior year, sophomore and junior year, that I was an exchange student, and I was an exchange student in Spain, and I stayed with a family. We went to um, Malaga, Spain, well, Spania, Spain. Um, do you know, I don't know if you know it, it's like, it's like this awesome beach town in mm-hmm. the southern part of Spain, and um, there was a, <laughs> you're going to laugh, there was a pageant at a nightclub And yeah, I was like 18, 19, but we were going to nightclubs in Europe. Hello. There's no drinking age like here. So the girls convinced me to enter this pageant. And I was like, no way. I'm not like these girls. No, I'm like, I'm athletic. These girls are sexy. I'm not sexy. And, um, they, I entered and, um, we all like five of us tied five of us tied and I was like thinking to myself, I've, I was so competitive, okay? I'm a super competitive kid. And I was like, I've got to beat them out. I've got to beat them out. I've got to do something that is far above them because they're sexy. i got to beat them out in something else. So I did my gymnastic skills and did backflips across the dance floor, like boom, 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 splits in the air, pulled some guy up and started dancing with him. And I won. I was like, 10, 10, 10, 10. And I was like... <laughs> wow, this is a kind of an interesting, I won a bunch of money in prizes, you know? I was like, this is a very interesting way to make money. Enter pageants. So that's what I started doing. I started entering all these pageants. By the end of the summer, I was Miss uh, Hawaiian Tropic. The summer after that, I was Miss Panama Jack. And then uh, I entered Miss New York. And um, I won Miss New York, I went to Miss USA. And by the time I got back from that vacation, well, it wasn't a vacation, but competition, um, I had all these agents calling me. Agents that would not give me time of day before before I happened to air at Miss USA. They would not give me time of day. And then suddenly I got calls from like five to ten different agents saying, we want to sign you because I had done well at the Miss USA pageant. Um, That's amazing. And that's what started it. I really... It was funny, I I really, uh, I was more, I actually was an accounting major and uh, had a job offer with Ernst & Young, um, you know, one of the big accounting firms, and that was my plan until all of that happened. (laughs) I told Ernst & Young, no, I, you know, I've got to follow my dreams, even though I wasn't really quite sure what that meant. And they were very nice and said that my job was always there. I don't know if it's still there today. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I have my fallback, I suppose. Right. If ever.
0: <laughs> so um, I know that you also had a great deal of success as a model earlier in your career. So, yes. were you pursuing both simultaneously, or how did that come about? Uh, well, I had to
2: make money. You know, I moved to New York City and I had to make money. So I started doing some modeling and it's funny because I'm not six foot tall. Uh, so I was more of the athletic, Well, I was very athletic from swimming. So I would model, um, bathing suits. I would model fitness. I would do a commercial for a gym. And, um, I definitely had a very unique body for New York city because everybody was tall and lean or very thin. And I was very muscular. It was funny. I, I remember being on a, <laughs> I remember being at a modeling job one time and it was for clothing, which I didn't typically do because I was so athletic. I was more like a, you know, fitness. And they were like, oh, could, could, could you please take off your shoulder pads? And I was like, um, I'm not wearing shoulder pads. <laughs> they were like, oh, Okay. Uh, sorry. I was like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I was very, I just, I had my little niche. I was, you know, the athletic girl in the commercial next to like the curvy girl or, you know, the lean girl. Um, it was good. It was, it was good. It was a good gig for me while um, while studying for acting. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I hadn't studied acting in college. I had to start somewhere. So I was doing all these intensive classes in New York city trying to figure out what this was all about. If that's what I decided to do as a career, obviously I had to figure it out. Um, So it was a good, it was a good job in between.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, coming from Lancaster, what was your transition to New York city? Like,
2: honestly, when I moved to New York, I feel like, I guess I was still had that kind of competitive spirit in me when I moved to New York. And I thought, I need to, if I'm going to decide to do acting, I need to do acting. And every single day of the week, I had either a class or a scene study with a partner. I didn't really see New York because I was studying the whole time. People would call me up and say, hey, there's a party to go to. Hey, you want to do this? Hey, you want to do that? I was like, no, I have class tonight. They're like, Forget about it. You're always studying. Come on, come out with us. I was like, no, I, 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 no, I, I'm not going to bail on my class. I'm not going to bail on my seeing partners. I guess like the competitive side of me from swimming kind of uh, was true also for the acting for the four or five years I was there. I don't really think I saw New York city. I see New York city now as a much older adult Mm -hmm. with my kids and I explore New York and I was like wow my god I I can't even imagine like if I had that kind of freedom as a young kid there I don't know if I would have uh I don't know if I would have made it (laughs) I don't know if I would have been become an actor had I had all those distractions Mm -hmm. because New York is really fun
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we keep returning to this theme of how competitive you were, and you did really well uh, in in Miss USA. But I want to know: were you
2: competitive when it came to the pageant world? It, it was well. I was competitive in that I had tunnel vision. I remember, um, you know, when we were doing Miss Hawaiian Tropic, we were we in the Bahamas. I won. I won two years in a row. I can't remember which. I think it was the Bahamas. And um, the girls would say, hey, come on, let's go out. And I was like, excuse me? No, I'm I'm here to win. I, I need to exercise. I need to eat healthy. I need to, you know, get focused. I mean, even for, this was just purely bikini competition. It wasn't like, I didn't have to study or anything like that. It was just purely based on how you looked in a bikini. But I was still so hardcore about it I don't know why it just just kind of was innate in me I think um and the same thing with the Miss USA well actually the Miss USA we were all super friendly we were down in South Padre Island Texas and some of the girls I still run into um Lou Parker who actually won um I run into her a lot here in LA but um everybody was really friendly And then it was funny, as the time got closer to the competition, people started getting a little bit, I guess we got nervous, we we weren't cutthroat, I wouldn't say we were cutthroat, I wouldn't say that, but we were definitely a little, we were kind of eyeing each other, like, who's my competition, who do I have to worry about, you know, who, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. It was, it was definitely, it was, it was an interesting experience Mm -hmm. how um, attitudes change closer to the competition.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, obviously acting paid off. You made your film debut with a small part in the 1996 movie, The Mirror Has Two Faces, which starred Barbara Streisand, Jeff Bridges and Lauren Bacall. So tell us about landing that role.
2: Okay. That was really funny because actually I was basically an extra. But then I became a glorified extra because I, um, Barbara Streisand chose me to dance with Pierce Brosnan. So all these extras were looking at me like, and they were saying, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> like thinking I was somebody. And I was like, well, I'm not really anybody, but I, I happen to be dancing with Pierce Brosnan. And, um, it was funny. She was like, she gave me the direction to, to flirt with him like crazy. So we were, I was flirting with him, and it was, there was, the dialogue wasn't so much there written, but she wanted me to say things to him, and to this day, I I wonder if he thought like, I was totally hitting on him, and I wasn't really hitting on him, it was just Barbara Streisand told me like, say, say this to him, and say that to him, I was like, okay, because I guess they wanted him nervous in the scene. (laughs) So I don't know if he thought I was hitting on him or what, but I did see him soon after that. I saw him a few years after that. And I was like, do you remember me? I'm the girl who danced with you. And he probably just wanted to run away from me perhaps because I was so inappropriate. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, I don't know. But it was, it was my glorified extra part that kind of got the ball rolling Mm -hmm. uh, after that. So after that, I landed a few other smaller parts in New York city. Um, in other movies, mm-hmm.
0: Well, what was it like to have Barbara Streisand pluck you out of a crowd like that 's not an experience many people have probably had
2: um, It was quite an honor I, I, It was an honor. I thought, you know here I am, really just an extra, and she gave me this, and I was like, "Wow, cool, this is pretty awesome she was she was really uh, it was one of my first times seeing somebody direct first uh, you know firsthand and I was just uh, it was a really good learning experience seeing how cool like just how she just took control over everything um, and uh, it, Yeah, it was an eye-opener. That's for sure to see How the stars do it, you know, mm-hmm. right?
1: Well around the same time you also shot the role of co-ed in the Howard Stern biopic private parts. So what mm-hmm. was that gig
2: like? Um. Howard Stern was as sweet as you could possibly imagine. So my, the, I think everything is just a front, you know, all of his, the way he acts is it's just for ratings. It's just a front because at least that's my opinion. I don't know. I, he was just so incredibly sweet that uh, I can't imagine that he's really, you know, as he is on his show. Well,
0: we're, we're talking about these, um, these roles that you played right in the lead up to Young and the Restless, which of course is shot in Los Angeles. So were you living in New York still or were you in LA and when and how did that- I
2: in New York and, oh, I was living in New York. Actually, this is a funny story. <laughs> I was living in New York and um, I told my agent I wanted to go out there. I won't say who it was. Um, and they're like, you're too green you're too green. I was like, green. I'm not green. No, I'm ready. And I have my, I have a rent every, I have my rental apartment. I have my rental car and even my rental furniture. <laughs> I'm going. And if you don't, I was so confident. I said, I'm going. And even if, if you don't represent me, tell me now, cause I'll find somebody who will. I was so confident. I don't know where this confidence came from. <laughs> I wish I still had that. Um, and, and they were like, thrown by that, but they were like, fine, we'll represent you. And I was, and I landed Young and the Restless within a month of being here, and not to mention like three national commercials. And I just was like, yeah, see, told you oh, I was, was green. There you go. And um, I just, I don't know, I just had this. It wasn't, listen, I wasn't cocky. There's a difference between being confident and cocky. I just was sure of myself and I knew. If I did a really good job and I did the best I could do, I should be happy with the part. And I feel like that's what also has helped me stay strong all these years later, decades later in acting is I never got discouraged if I didn't get the part because as long as I did the best I could, if I knocked it out of the park, then I walked away thinking, you're lucky to have me because I did a good job. You know, and, um, that's what I did at YNR is, um, I just had that kind of a confidence and, um, somehow nailed the part, even though I didn't get the part of Victoria, they thought I was good for the part of grace, which was very interesting. And I guess that's, you know, I didn't, it wasn't what they wanted for Victoria, but because I, I did something else, um, they thought I was good for grace and that's how I landed that part. Wow.
1: Okay. So you originally went in to be Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. And is that what went to? And I
2: wouldn't have been, I don't think I would have been a good Victoria. And And I, and I didn't really even know the part Victoria. And I guess, you know, being that I just did my own thing, I suppose is why I got this other part because they thought they saw some sort of Quality in me that was appropriate more for Grace, and I, I definitely think, yeah, I was appropriate for Grace. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I played the bad girl uh, really well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe because I'm such a good girl in real life. I think so anyway. Um, uh, it's it's fun to you know do something that's not in line with your own personality.
0: Mm-hmm. So, okay. So let's contextualize this. It was 1997. This is when Heather Tom had left Young and the Restless. I believe Victoria was recast at that point with Sarah Aldrich. So you go in for this big, big part, which you weren't, you know, maybe didn't know at the time was a big part. Do you remember who you did your audition
2: with? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know. I suppose if I had watched the show, I would have thought, oh my gosh, this is so-and-so. But um, remember, I wasn't allowed to watch soap on. No, right now. <laughs> As a child. <laughs> So I wasn't really super familiar with all the characters. Uh, I just, um, I don't really remember. I just don't remember the audition. I just remember being super busy that day. And um, and I had a, an audition for a pilot, a movie, and then the soap was a third. So uh, by the time I got there, I mean, I was so overwhelmed with all the other auditions. I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to do the best I can. And that's all I can because that's, you know. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. I'm sorry, because I mean, there's only so much somebody can do in one day. <laughs> yeah, sorry, But I don't sure. remember who it was. But um, I'm so grateful that I landed that part because I, it really opened the door up to so many different things, not to mention what I'm still doing today. Hello. I mean, I did a few years there, went back as recurring on Young and Restless. And then fast forward a few years later, Brad Bell calls me out of the blue, out of the blue. I was literally done with acting. I thought, you know, I want to grow old gracefully. I thought it was old at the time. It's so ridiculous. I thought it was old at the time. I think it was, what was it? 2006? <laughs> I was in my thirties. Hello. <laughs> I was like, I'm just, I'm I'm too old to be an actress anymore. I'm just done. And I'm going to go back to school because, you know, I loved accounting and I'm going to finish my career in academics and I'm going to get my MBA. (laughs) And Brad Bell called me out of the blue, actually, after I had signed up for accounting and economics. And those are pretty hard courses to take together. Um, But I said, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And of course, he calls me and says, hey, we have a part for you on Bold and Beautiful. I mean, hello, twist my arm. (laughs) (laughs) So I took the part, but I also said I'm not going to stop with the MBA. Absolutely, 100%. They can take the part away from me, but they can't take my degree away from me. So I did actually complete my MBA. It took me four years as opposed to two years to complete, but I still did it. Um, and I'm still doing Bold and Beautiful. I can't even believe it. It's, I'm I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to the Bells. Like they have given me opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And it's really just, you know, it's, uh, I'm so grateful to Bill Bell and to Brad. It's just, I can't even, words can't describe how grateful really. Okay. Well, we still have a
1: lot of territory to travel before we even catch what would be- <laughs> oh, so, oh, sorry. sorry.
2: Like fast forward. I, and, and I, I messed you guys up. <laughs> so, so,
1: Grace was part of a very high-profile story, the introduction of Sharon's daughter, Cassie, played by a very young Cameron Grimes. So, what stands out to you now about working with her?
2: Oh, my goodness. I see her in the hall and I just, I can't even believe it. I just can't even believe it. I remember even, I think, when I first, it must have been when I first landed, Bold and Beautiful, seeing her in the halls or when I came back for the recurring just, it must've been a decade or two ago. And I just was like, oh my God, look at you. It's just, she was the little sweet girl. Oh, the first moment was so sweet. The first day that I worked there, her mommy said, oh, you know, Jennifer's a little bit nervous. Do you think you can draw her a picture? So um, she drew me this little picture uh, and it was just so darling. And I just keep thinking back to this little girl that I worked with. And now she's a woman. It's just, uh, it's just, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> it's just, like, it just goes too fast, it goes too fast.
0: Well, as you mentioned, they saw a a strong bad girl potential in you, and Grace certainly fit that bill. She set her sights on Nick, who was the husband of her high school BFF, Sharon. And uh, they were, you know, such a big deal that Grace coming into the mix, I remember it was like really the talk of the soap
2: world. I had no idea what I was getting thrown into. (laughs) You know, I moved to L.A. just a month later, and suddenly... On a Friday, I'm giving, I don't know how many, eight scripts or something crazy. And, I, and they're like, okay, here you go. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I was so overwhelmed with the amount of dialogue, first of all, that uh, you have to memorize. And I, you know, really, I, it was my first experience doing a storyline so big like that. So I was like, I need to know these words verbatim. I, I, there's no messing up. I have to know them. So I studied, study, study. Oh my gosh, my little brother was here in LA. He's like, you can't go out at all. I'm like, no, I can't. I have to study. But I'm glad I did because it was it was a little overwhelming, and not only just the dialogue, but wow, I didn't realize what a storyline it was. We were on the covers of all the magazines and um, it was, it was, it was great. It was awesome. I had no idea. Um, It was really cool. It was a really cool experience.
0: Well, tell us what you remember, what stands out to you about working so closely as you did uh, with Joshua Morrow and Sharon Case on that story.
2: You know, when I moved to LA, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone in town. And um, I didn't have any friends. Obviously, I didn't know anyone. <laughs> and when I started working there, they became they became my first friends. And it was really awesome. Sharon, Case, and uh, you know, uh, all the Y&R girls became my first group of friends. And I actually am still very close to them. Like we still go out. We never miss each other's birthday. We never uh we go out all the time and they're still I still consider them my very close friends. Um it was it was the most ideal experience you could imagine. Like here I am this Pennsylvania girl not knowing anyone here and then boom land a great part and with these amazing people. And it's not just it's actually not just the actors. I think the bells kind of surround themselves with people who are just so family oriented mm-hmm. and also very um just very grounded you know you come to hollywood and some people are just so yeah i don't know just too much into themselves but i just feel like everybody at white arm and beautiful are just normal you know mm-hmm. they're normal yeah okay they're on a show they ha- they're just normal people who happen to be actors who happen to be on the show they're not all about who they are and you know, it's just, it's just a really good atmosphere to work in. So I was very lucky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, in 2000, your pageant life came back into your life. Um, you <laughs> played Tina in the Sandra Bullock movie, oh, right. yeah. which of course was set in the pageant world. So what was that project like for you?
2: Actually, the first part that I got, the, the original part that I was in that movie was Miss New Jersey. I was Miss New Jersey and I actually filmed a scene with Sandra Bullock and Benjamin Bratt, um, that my title, they stripped my title from me because I had done some, I don't know what it was. some Bad girl things. Yeah. Bad girl <laughs> things basically. And the director of that was super sweet. And he called me and he said, I just want you to know, you know, we had to cut that scene, but it has nothing to do with you. We had to cut some other people as well. Um, from the movie and I just want to prove to you it has nothing to do with you I'm going to give you a tape of it the edited version of the tape and also um put you in another part so so he gave me the part of Tina um who yes exactly was a girlfriend of one of the contestants but um it was a really good experience as well because I I originally I got to work with Benjamin Bratt and Sandra Bullock, but then I also got to go to the premiere and everything like that. It was, um, it was nice. Sandra Bullock was really cool.
0: That's, you know, only semi-exciting, like.
2: And Benjamin Bratt's not so hard on the eyes either. Uh (laughs) He was a cutie pie.
0: (laughs) Um, and, uh, That same year, you had another film come out, uh, No Big Deal, working uh, in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, The Sixth Day. Tell us about that job.
2: Um, I'll be back. Um, Arnold (laughs) was so sweet. He was really sweet. I was a little bit nervous about that because literally, I was the virtual girlfriend. I had to sit on Arnold's lap. Like, not just sit, straddle. Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> hello. That's a little bit nerve wracking. And um, as soon as I did that, I, he's like, what do your father think about this? <laughs> it was, I could tell, he, I just relaxed right away. He was sweet. And he just you know started asking me about my family and things like that. So he was really sweet. Um, but it was also, what a film to be in with A-listers like that uh, being in, going to the premiere and, and, and being in a film like that, flying to Canada and having that kind of treatment. Wow. That was really amazing. That was one of my favorite films ever. That's awesome. Uh, to take part in. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I don't know if you filmed these before or after you left YNR, but you did depart the show late in 99, although you were back the next year for several guest arcs, but tell us about leaving YNR in general.
2: Leaving YNR in general, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I always consider CBS and the Bells my home. And um, when they would ask me back, I would go back because it was always my home away from home. It was my first experience in LA, it was my first group of friends that I would hang out with. It, it was the first real job that was demanding. Even though in New York I had done a few little things. It was the first real job, um, consistent job. And I, uh, I almost feel like I, you know I almost feel like I never really left, because in a sense, I haven't really left. I, I've gone back to Y&R as recurring, and now I'm at the Sister Show. So I almost feels like I'm still sort of part of it. Is that weird? <laughs> no, I don't And you know, on the pages online, I still hear people say, Grace should come back. <laughs> there you Something go. Phyllis and Nick, or I don't know exactly what's going on with them, but I'm like, they, they think that Grace should come back.
0: <laughs> well, he's newly single, so it would be a good oh, well, you know. right.
2: <laughs> um, We had good chemistry together, Joshua and I. we did yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. People loved us so air clearly the air conditioning scene was just ridiculous <laughs> that we had to perform I just was like how am I going to say this stuff without cracking up this is ridiculous I'm taking off my 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 stockings in front of him it's just so hot in here <laughs> it was just like oh my god every time I would get those that dialogue I was like ah, the challenge is how to do this without laughing <laughs> Especially uh, when Joshua Morrow is your scene partner. Yeah, right? We had fun together.
0: <laughs> um, so clearly these next few years, Jennifer, were uh, monumental insofar as still very young, you decided to leave the business, get your MBA. You might be the only MBA we've had on the podcast thus far. <laughs> but when uh, you know, when Brad twisted your arm and you came aboard uh, the Bold and the Beautiful as Donna. Uh, like, had you met Kevin Kelly Lang before, who plays Brooke, of course, a big part of your b life now?
2: I remember seeing Kelly in the hallways. And I remember seeing Kelly in the magazines. And I sometimes mistaken her for myself. And because I thought, oh, she, that's me. Oh, wait, that's not me. like we it was a really good casting I think we really do look like sisters um and I I, although I don't I, I knew of her and I knew people obviously knew people who knew her you know um but I didn't really know her personally no uh but it was really quick to get to know her she's just you know She is so personable and so such a pleasure to work with. It's just, she's so giving as an actress and she's so good. You just look in her eyes and you melt. (laughs) You're right there playing the role. I know if I have a scene with Kelly, yeah, I've got to do some prep work, but not much. All I have to do is look at her and just think of her as my sister and boom, we're there. Mm -hmm. She's really um, a great person to work with, great actress, and great person, too. I hang out with her quite a bit outside of um, the show as well. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you also have another actress in that dynamic and Heather Tom, who plays Mm -hmm. Donna's other sister um, lady. So tell us about the relationship between you and Heather.
2: Heather is great. You know, we, um, we first bonded, let's see, she, I do believe she won a trip to Bora Bora and I do believe she was allowed to take one person and she chose me so I was like okay that's pretty cool um and then I got to hang out with her there and that was I guess we bonded on y before that but that was the first B&B bonding um and ever since then, we just, we, you know, after work, I know Heather and I are going to go across to the Grove and hang out for a little bit because we just have a lot of things in common. We have kids. We were pregnant at the same time and we just love chatting and hanging out. And she is, she's also, obviously, we all know how talented she is. All of her Emmys show that, <laughs> um, but she's amazing to work with. She is just, and I love playing her sister. She's just, you know, a joy.
1: Well, tell Uh, us about work, about taking on the role of Donna. Like, how was it
2: presented to you? What did you know about her? um, I didn't know um, Carrie Mitchum as, I don't remember Carrie Mitchum. Maybe she was a little bit before my time. She must have been a few years before I was on YNR, I think.
0: Yeah, she was on um, very early, back yeah. when you weren't allowed to be watching that kind of when thing. I was,
2: <laughs> when, I was not, when I was not allowed to be watching. <laughs> funny. Um, it's funny. It's funny that you throw that back at me. But, uh, uh, Brad Bell, I, ca- I called Brad Bell. I had a conversation with him and I said, what do you want me to do with this role? And he said, make it your own. I said, you don't want me to emulate her or anything? Nope. He said, make it your own. And so I did that, and um, it was, uh, for the, the first week, the very first week, Donna was in lingerie doing a striptease and then a dance on a bed. I don't know if you remember that. The very first, on a fashion show, I was like, okay, welcome to Bold and Beautiful. <laughs> I was, um, you know, I mean playing the role of grace. I did a few little things over there too. So it wasn't that much of a shock, but, um, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, welcome back to daytime. Here's welcome your back, baby
0: wardrobe. <laughs> um, so, uh, in true BNB fashion, there are very few fellas that Donna has not been romantically linked to during your run on the show. Really? Uh, so, oh. you know, There's so many more opportunities out there. What are you
2: talking about?
0: (laughs) I know we've hardly run the gamut, but there've been some impressive uh, entries in the race for her heart, shall we say? So we want to get your review of some of your leading men on the show. And uh, we'll start with Ron Moss who played Ridge uh, back in the day when Donna was making a play for him.
2: Yeah. Ron Moss. He is such a doll. Um, they put us together, but I feel like Ron Moss is more like a brother to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, he actually hooked me up with one of my uh, boyfriend. He just, with Dax Griffin, like he he introduced Dax and I. We were at one of Ron's concerts and I just always felt like he was kind of a brother. And I don't know if the chemistry worked there, um, but... They played it for a little bit, but not too long. I think it was kind of obvious that we didn't have that kind of chemistry. It was more like, he was more of a buddy than anything. So, um, but I was his muse for a little bit on, uh, at, at Forrester Creations.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was also Windsor Harmon who played Thorne. Tell us about him
2: another time that I was really trying to just keep a serious face when I was doing the scenes, I was having to write on his body and like do all these crazy uh, things. And it was just some of the dialogue there as well. I was just like, Oh my God, how am I going to do this? How are we not going to crack up? But he was fun to play with. He was, uh, yeah, he would, Donna was definitely using him for sure. Um, and to get back at Stephanie and it was some of the things I had to do, it was, it was, it was pretty laughable, <laughs> laughable in a good way, but you know, I, it was, it was fun. Well,
0: uh, you know, again, kind of true to b and form, you got to work your way through the Forrester family. And of course uh, she had a very, uh, very key and pivotal relationship with Eric played by John McCook who she married. So tell us about uh,
2: working with John. Yeah, that was my John. Eric Forrester was definitely the true love of Donna's life. I mean, she... You would think that the age difference would be a big deal, but it wasn't. You would think that because he had so much money, Donna could have potentially been using him, but she wasn't. She really genuinely just loved and still loves Eric. And um, I think some of the fans really see that. I think some of the fans probably think she's a gold digger, but she's honestly, truly not. Um, I really do believe that that's the one love of her life. And that I don't know if she's ever really going to move on from him to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, she just always had a soft spot for him. Just it's her honey bear. What are you going to do? Yeah. He's just, you know, their relationship is just so sweet and tender and real and genuine. Um, I, 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 Every time I have a scene with him, I just know that I can get there emotionally because Even for myself, I just think, oh, Donna and Eric, oh, you know, (laughs) they're just so, they just love each other so much. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Now, what was it like to work with Susan Flannery, who played Stephanie, uh, who was married to Eric at the time that he and Donna became involved?
2: Susan was tough, but she, I so respected her. She was a bit of my mentor, I would say, when I first started Bold and Beautiful, because I mean, even though I had work, I worked on y r she is, come on, she is the queen. She was, she just was bold and beautiful, really. And um, some of the times I didn't know what to do with the scenes exactly. And she always put me in the right direction. She always, she, I asked for her direction and she would give me direction that was just Right, spot on like she just knew exactly how to make the scene work um well obviously she's a director you know and she's not just an actress but she's a great director so um I really enjoyed working with her because I feel like she helped to develop my character and she helped me through the scenes and helped me to be a better actress I wish she would be there still honestly but um I really respected her but she was also really tough she was. All, I mean, because our characters, you know what, we butt heads. So it was, um, it was uh, she slaps. She does a nice slap. <laughs> she doesn't hold back.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you know, Donna's relationship with Eric uh, also earned her arrival in Stephanie's sister, Pam, and that became pretty infamous in B&B history. So tell us about uh, working with Allie Mills, who plays Pam, and developing that dynamic.
2: I love Allie. I think she is just the sweetest thing. I actually want to see her. She's, uh, doing an off-Broadway, uh, show in New York. I want to go and watch her, but, um, I just love her. We have always just clicked the two of us. Um, we spend time together outside of the show and, you know, I've had her over a few times and we just have just the best time together. Um, and Orson really helped us as well with some of the uh, parts that we did. And when, and she loves running lines. So we, I'd go to her dressing room and I'd be like, what, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do here? And we'd try to figure it out. And she'd be like, well, Orson said that we should do it like this. And Orson said that we should do that. And he gave the best direction. He always made it funny. And she's so talented. I mean, she's just, she's just a classic actress, you know, mm-hmm. um, Uh, I just love her and it was, I liked it when she made fun of me and I also liked it when we were frenemies and best, you know, whatever you want to describe it as frenemies or buddies or best friend. I don't know what we were. It was always kind of a twisted, weird relationship, but a great relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, She's such a pleasure to work with. And hopefully when she's done this run at off Broadway, she can come back and do some more. The the one she I love being I love being made fun of actually those scenes were the best you know when she's pouring glitter all over me or tying me up to a chair or all the different things that made oh my gosh the scenes where she made my teeth gray my hair green and my spray tan I got stuck in the spray tan boot, those were hilarious I actually gotta go back and do some more of those
1: <laughs> well what stands out to you now about their honey fight.
2: That was interesting because um, you know I'm supposed to be looking at a bear being terrified, thinking that the bear is going to eat me alive, and instead I was actually looking at stage manager putting his hands up, going oh, pretending to <laughs> be a bear, and he was so cute. Once again, trying not to laugh and looking terrified. I feel like that's like the story here. I'm always trying not to laugh during these scenes, um, but it. It was great. Those scenes are great. I just love going far out there and just doing, like, ridiculous scenes, whatever it is, ridiculously scary or ridiculously funny or, you know, poke fun at me or whatever it is, because I I love it all.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Donna took, like, a little bit of a detour away from the Foresters when she married Justin, uh, played by Aaron D. Spears. Uh, Tell us about working with him.
2: Um, That whole storyline was very surprising I would say um when they said I was going to be working with a guy I immediately said oh is he going to be is he cute is he hot who is it I and they were like trust me you're not going to think of him that way and I thought what do you mean I'm not going to think of him that way of course I'm going to think of him that way he's a guy right and they're like no you're not Jennifer and then I realized it was my son (laughs) I was like Oh okay, gosh. And then to realize that Justin I had this you know baby when I was this when I was a kid myself with Justin, wow, how complicated I had no idea the levels of complication there. Um, it was wow it it was surprising. I had no idea that that's what was in store for me, and it was a very um complicated relationship i would describe it as with justin because here's this guy who you loved as a child but you were a child yourself and then you're put in a situation and you have to hide a pregnancy and then he comes back in your life um the feelings that you have for him are overwhelming and um he's you know even though he was your sweetheart it's you lied to him and it's just so Complicated, I suppose is the word. Um, and we tried to make it work for the sake of family and for the, for Marcus. And, you know, we kind of like believe that maybe it's what we should do, but it just didn't seem to work out uh, for whatever reason, I guess, because we were doing it for the wrong reasons, right. but um, he's, he's, I mean, hello, look at him. <laughs> and he's so sweet. He's such a, he's like a daddy. How many times is it? Does he have five kids or six kids? I can't remember now. Is it five or six? Five. five kids. I mean, I, I, I don't even know how he, I, I'm overwhelmed with two children here in LA. I don't know how he does it. And he keeps a smile on his face and his kid's wife is still smiling. And I, I don't know. I would just be pulling out my hair. I don't know. <laughs> But it was, I, I really liked that relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It had a lot of different levels.
1: Well, when that marriage ended, uh, Donna was briefly linked to Nick, played by Jack Wagner. So what was working with Jack like?
2: Jack Wagner. Well, that was funny. <laughs> I only say because, I say it not because Jack was funny, but just when we started getting into the supposed like sexual relationship or relationship that we were supposed to have, (laughs) I, um, was pregnant (laughs) again. And, uh, so we had this scene, um, on the boat and, uh, he and I were supposed to, you know, have this relation moving towards a relationship. And Jack Wagner was asking me, Jennifer Garris, like, what am I, uh, what do I, am I going to have children? Blah, 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 blah. What am I going to do? Da, 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 da. And I was saying, yeah, no, I think, um, no, I don't think so. I'm this and that, the other. And little did I know I was pregnant on that boat. And the very, I do believe the next day I found out I was pregnant and I was like, oops, well, I guess we're not going to be having that kind of relationship on the show. <laughs> Because I'm definitely not a skinny pregnant girl and you can't really hide that pregnancy. I guess unless his character, my character had a baby, but I don't think that was the plan. So um, that stopped very quickly before anything came of it because of the pregnancy. And I am just not a skinny pregnant girl. I, I, I think you, everybody, all the audience can see, even my earlobes got pregnant. They were trying to hide it. My eyeballs got pregnant. Everything on me got <laughs> pregnant. There was no hiding that. It was just, it was It was not going to happen.
0: <laughs> it's just
2: suspension of
0: disbelief is all. Um, so, okay. Thankfully, all of this uh, tumult was happening in Donna's life. While your own life, you got married. And uh, as you mentioned, pregnancy, and then these two stunningly gorgeous children oh. of yours. Um, to tell us about life as a mom.
2: Wow. That's a whole different thing. Like we're talking career and that's like one category and I love all the different things. You know, life was so awesome back then. I traveled and, you know, career acting and travel. I was a huge traveler. I, I remember one time I filled up my passport in two years. I just went everywhere. And that's one thing. But then suddenly, and you think oh, life is so fun. I love it. And then you have kids and you're just like, wow, life was nothing before this. I, it's just, it's a whole next level, next few levels up. It's just, I can't even, just the different for me as a mom. I just, I can't express, I feel like my life actually started when I had kids. And I'm gonna get emotional. Don't make me emotional, damn it! <laughs> Seriously, like life starts when you have kids. When you have that baby in your arms, you're just like, oh my god, it's just you. Just I never realized you could love like that and feel like that. And being a mom is so. Listen to me, I'm getting emotional. Stop <laughs> it! Why you ask me this? <laughs> I'm hearing if you could see, um, uh, it's just really. Um, it's just the next level, really. It's next level. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Now, in 2018, after a few years of just making periodic visits to the show, you returned to B&B on a much more regular basis. And in recent months, we've had much more of Donna, who has rediscovered her feelings for Eric. So you have been, first of all, so terrific in this story. I mean, you've gotten to play so many wonderful moments with John, with Heather, with Kelly. uh, Just amazing. Um, So, first of all, where were you when you found out that the show was going to explore this dynamic again and were you excited
2: when i'm not working i'm busy being a mom we just moved i'm busy at the new house and that's why i was so when i when i had to schedule this podcast i'm like when are the workers not here when am i not (laughs) going to hear tree trimming like the pool i know all the noise of all the machinery now (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, where was i I was just being a mom Mm -hmm. you know and i'm always thrilled when they call me back like i said it's my home away from home and the Bells and Kelly and Heather and John and all of them—it's—it's um, it's just so easy to fall back into that, and I love it. I really do love it. Um, I really liked those scenes. I liked probably every aspect of those scenes. Uh, I was a little bit nervous about the whole honey thing. The licking of my finger—I <laughs> definitely was a little bit nervous. And we actually had to do it three different ways. Um, one was a very teen way, um, and all the way to up to a very more sexual way. And I'm glad they kind of picked the one in between because the other—it <laughs> made me a little bit, a bit nervous what people would think. And people were already like, "Oh my god, that was a little too much," <laughs> um, you know. But. Um, what can you do? It's what we had to do. Um, but I was really happy about that. And like I said, working with all of them is just so easy. Um, and the emotions that I have with John, they're there in two seconds playing with my sisters. They feel like my sisters. It's just very natural. So um, anytime they give me any kind of storyline with those guys, I'm just like, awesome. And Rena, she's her character is scary, very scary. <laughs> so that's just very easy to play as well. So it's it's like playtime. Mm-hmm. It's like playtime on. It's like recess. Woohoo! We get to play. So I love recess. <laughs> you know, I love to play.
0: I'm. <laughs> um, I'm thinking uh, all of the 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 female rivalries that you've had on BNB, Stephanie uh Pam Quinn some of it you know you're like you're frequently the target of some some serious ire on that show from <laughs> being tied up to the chair sicked by a bee recently pinned up by a chair uh, against a desk like you know yeah. you just keep taking a beating
2: yeah, you are pointing something out. I didn't think about it that way. That's not fair. <laughs> they're up on me, man. <laughs> what they got against Donna? You know? No, because Donna is actually very nice. I don't know what they have against. I guess because I'm always trying to take their man. Yeah. Um, yeah I actually no, I shouldn't say that. I wasn't trying to take their man. How many times did I say my character said so many times? I don't want to interfere with your marriage. I don't want to interfere with your marriage. I won't do anything to jeopardize your marriage. And yet some people who were still mad at me. I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, it's not my fault, fault he was turned on. It's not my <laughs> fault he was turned on by me, right?
0: Right. Um, it's not my fault I, I have the honey looking skills to, to, you know.
2: Well, I, yeah, you know, I don't even know if it was that. I think more it was more that Donna doesn't threaten him. Donna is not judging him. He doesn't have to look over his shoulders. He doesn't have to second guess Donna. She's just easy breezy, loves him unconditionally. And I'm not going to do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think with his experience with Quinn, he's looking over his shoulder. She's going to hurt me again. Do I really believe what she says? Is she cheating on me? Is she interfering with people? I mean, it's always something. Um, So I think it's more of a matter of, I can relax around Donna. Mm-hmm. And that's why the two of them worked like that. Mm-hmm.
1: I do. Uh, and this has just been a really fun revisit of this story, I have to say. Um, now, Jennifer, next year, remarkably, will mark the 25th anniversary of your daytime debut. So before we let you know, can you put into words how soaps have played a role in your life, both personally and professionally for over two decades now?
2: It's, I keep saying I didn't, I'm sorry to reiterate my home away from home, and um, the bells and CBS and everyone there, and yeah, a lot of and I can actually say a lot of the actors because Ashley Jones, hello, she was on Young and the Restless. Heather Tom, she was on Young and the Restless. A lot of the others, you know, did crossovers. It the the bells. They're, it's just my home away from home for so many years, and it has shaped my lifestyle out here in LA. They've been my friends since uh, for a quarter of a century almost, and my best friends. I would consider them my best friends, not just my friends, and consistently there for me. I I, const- I always call Lauren Woodland and. You know, Sharon Case and Tamara Clataba were all the YNR girls. And we're still, even though we've all some of us are no longer even Lauren's a lawyer now. Hello. Right. You so say you haven't had an NBA. How about her? She's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, we still all hang out. It's just, it's really shaped my life. I don't I can't imagine life without the soaps and without the bells and without YNR and Golden and Beautiful. I don't know what my life would be out here. I probably would have gone back to New York. I probably would have taken that job offer at Ernst & Young. <laughs> living in a penthouse on Park Avenue. making I would have done that. I'd be what in New York it? City as an accountant by then. Maybe, I'd, I don't know, who knows what I'd be. Maybe not an accountant anymore, but something in finance. Um, uh, but that's probably what would be happening.
1: So I have to ask, do you do your family taxes every year?
2: I do. <laughs> <laughs> Are you I taking do- new clients? <laughs> no clients. No new clients.. I, oh, have enough, wow. I have enough work myself with being a mom and and uh, trying to juggle you know everything that moms juggle.
0: <laughs> Worth a shot. Can't yeah. blame a girl for trying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well Jennifer, it's been so great talking to you and just hearing your stories and you know just hearing kind of all about your return that's again, been so wonderful. We can't say enough about it. and Just appreciate all
2: your time today. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm so thrilled. This was my first podcast and I was a little bit nervous because I didn't know exactly what to expect and you guys made it really easy. I appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you. Thank Thank you. Being Such an
2: easy guest with great stories. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me.